Welcome to We Got This Covered's Cinemaholics, the weekly movie review talk show where John Negroni and Will Ashton discuss the biggest and best films coming to theaters. So sit back, relax, and pour one out for the two and only Cinemaholics. Welcome once again to Cinemaholics, the official podcast of WeGotThisCovered.com. I'm John Negroni from the Internet, California. Floating by my side with a red balloon tide, please welcome Will Ashton from the Internet, Pennsylvania. Ooh. Uh, It's late for me, so I might be a little groggy this episode, but I'll I'll make the most of it. Well, we are reviewing a horror movie, so doing a late review seems fitting. Yeah. And smirking from the gutters with a waxed-up paper boat in his hand, it's Soundmaster Maverick Hines from the Broadband Sewers. That sounds like something I'd actually do. <laughs> I'm also going to be groggy this episode, but that's just because I saw a movie I didn't like. Yeah, well, you're also playing like a very off-key piano song, you know, while your children are dying, so, yeah. That's just what I do. Yeah. So, negligent adults aside, uh, we, ha- we have a very interesting episode of Cinemaholics for you guys, so... Maverick Hines and I are going to be out of town the weekend that uh, we are doing this episode. And so we are just doing an IT review. So this is going to be a bit shorter than usual. We don't have a lot of extra stuff. Uh, unless unless I can convince Will Ashton to record uh, maybe that song number he's been working on and we can supplement this episode. Yes. Fingers crossed. <laughs> but for now, uh, we're just going to jump right into it. Uh, you know, we've talked a lot about Stephen King on this podcast over the last year and you know, I, I think that it's coming to a head because this is the big release uh, for a movie that is based on a novel by Stephen King. For those of you too young to remember, uh, the movie we're watching, It, uh, was based on a, well, first a novel that Stephen King wrote, I believe, in the 80s, and uh, which was later adapted into a miniseries, a uh, four-part miniseries, I believe. And, Two-part. Uh, was it two part? It, I, I know that it was uh, very long, and, and I barely remember any of it except that Tim Curry plays Pennywise the Clown, and uh, oh, and John Ritter's in it, and Seth Green of all people. Oh, was he really? Wow. Yeah, he was uh, Richie as a he was kid. One of, okay. Um, same same story. You know, the losers basically have to take down this clown that is terrorizing this town, and uh, except I believe it wasn't in the miniseries. And you did you read the novel, Will Ashton? I've read half the novel. I've actually have not seen the miniseries i was gonna okay. watch it after i finished the book i haven't i haven't uh read the novel but i have seen the miniseries and i believe he's the the he's supposed to be like an alien in the uh yeah he's a shapeshifter and he i don't know he's basically the personification of fear and evil so i mean sure. he can be whatever really you want to be but i mean if there's a more specific definition for what he is and i get to it later i'll yeah. On it. And and everything we're saying, uh, not very representative of what the movie version of this is. Uh, so this is the 2017 movie adapted version of It. Uh, just two hours and 15 minutes. A really, really short movie, yeah, right? Super short. I didn't feel <laughs> bored at all, ever. Uh, it was directed by Andy Muschietti, and the synopsis on IMDb is, A group of bullied kids band together when a monster taking the appearance of a clown begins hunting children uh chase palmer and carrie fuganaga worked on the screenplay uh the movie stars bill skarsgård and Jaden lieber finn wolfhard uh sophia lillis who i am quite convinced is amy adams with a time machine and uh yeah uh i think i think we mentioned on the last show 
uh, that uh, the director here also worked on Mama. Do you remember that, Will Ashen? Were you there? Yeah, that? he that was his directorial debut. Okay, and it, this is, I think, his second movie, if I'm not mistaken. And to remind our listeners who maybe they forgot or didn't listen to last week's episode, what did you think of Mama, Will Ashen? I thought it was pretty good. I mean, I definitely liked it more as an atmosphere piece than like as anything as it was going for story wise. But I definitely think, especially after seeing this movie, it was a good setup for what it would become. If that makes sense, like you can, I think you can see, yeah, why he was chosen for this project and an ambitious yeah. one too, uh, which maybe can, that might get into some of the criticisms some of us have. But let's let's start with uh, Will Ashen. Uh, clearly you are the Stephen King representative of this, of this group of cinemaholics. And what, what was your impression of it? Yeah. I mean, I guess I am, as I was saying before we were recording, I guess I am the designated Stephen King fan of the group. I mean, not that I'm a super big fan of his, but I do enjoy his books. I have read quite a few. And so I was looking forward to this one quite a bit. I've been, like you said, I mean, reading the book throughout the past like month or so, just trying to catch up because it is one that has been on my radar for a while, but I haven't actually read. And as far as like just an adaptation of the book, or at least half an adaptation of the book, I think it works more than it doesn't. I mean, there is a definitely, there are definitely a lot of problems with how they approach some things. And there are some things I want to talk about later that I think that they change around. I think could have been stronger or they could have fixed in a way that didn't feel so obvious or wasn't quite as clunky but i mean i think what works here really works i mean i do like the kind of loser club camaraderie between them i think that is effective and i do like that the town is a character like it is in the book it i mean i i think the town's a little too clean for its own good because in the book i mean it's like this kind of like soddy kind of grudgy place that's like a town that should not ever be a town and, and the movie just kind of is a little too sunny and like uh good natured i think in it's visual presentation but uh at the same time i mean i do like that this movie really has like kind of a texture to it especially as far as how it looks and i think that even though it is a studio horror film horror film it has a little more character than your average uh stephen king adaptation which stands out to me and i mean first and foremost i was really uh, surprised and pleased by Bill Sarsgaard as Pennywise. I mean, I've heard some people are complaining because he has, you know, big shoes to fill, and that's not really a clown pun with uh, <laughs> Tim Curry, you know, because that is such an iconic performance at this point, especially for people who are probably blinded by nostalgia by the original miniseries. But, I mean, he it, it's at times he plays a little maybe too goofy for my own good, but at the same time, you got to remember that he is like a clown, so you can't really, like throw that criticism around with any weight hmm. but uh yeah i mean he kind of balanced the funny with the creepy of the character that i liked a lot and i think he along with the kids kind of carried this film and i i don't know i just enjoyed it above all else as like a fun popcorn flick interesting uh so i i will say yeah tim curry is the main thing people remember about that miniseries i'm not i'm not a big fan of the miniseries i i don't i mean maybe it's been a long time since i've seen it i i don't know it, it was something that I think, uh, <laughs> I think, I think that miniseries at least has like time to flesh things out. Whereas this movie, I mean, it's long and it doesn't really give all of its characters a lot of time. I will say though, it does give Pennywise the clown a lot of time. Uh, you see a lot of this character, this villain. Um, so, uh, yeah, I, th- I think I agree with you 
on the performance when it comes to Skarsgård. I think he was very frightening, and uh, I can see why he got the part. Maverick Hines, uh, lay it on us. Where, where are you at with it? As you gentlemen know, I am a fan of the horror genre. If Cinemaholic listeners recall, all of my fall uh, movie preview picks were all horror and movies, and this was on my list. Um, and I have to say, I definitely feel like I'm in the minority in this. So I will say that I don't think this is going to be a super popular opinion. I was very underwhelmed with this movie and pretty unimpressed with it. Um, the The biggest thing for me was just the length. I think this movie was too long for its own good. Um, Will kind of mentioned that the, you, there were parts that were, you know, there was some editing stuff and there were some parts that kind of felt like out of place. Um, but to me, all the little because it's a horror movie, I, you know, I can't remember watching a perfect horror movie where there were no kind of awkward things or no moment where a you know a character didn't act like a human being that kind of stuff happens in a horror movie and i can overlook all that but when i'm there for that long <laughs> it's really hard for me to uh stay invested and i feel like i got bored pretty quick um i don't know if it was a pacing thing or if it was just my attention span for this movie or what was going on but i was just so uninterested from the beginning now i will say just so i'm not too much of a hater here that i think some of um the actors uh, especially in the kids did really good. Um, I think that I don't remember any of their names, but the hypochondriac kid, the one who broke his arm, Eddie, I thought he was great. I thought the, um, the girl did a really good job. Beverly. Um, Beverly. Yeah. So I, I, I think there were a couple of the kids who did fantastic. And then a couple who were just like, this is just a kid who was like, Hey, we're going to put you in a scary movie. Pretend to be scared a lot of the time. And they <laughs> like, they were just there. Hmm. Um, so I got a lot of, mixed kind of feelings as far as that core group of kids we were seeing. Um, one of the things I really enjoyed about this movie, and I, and I told this to John as we were leaving the theater, was that I enjoyed that this movie, um, that Pennywise isn't the only scary bad character, um, that we see a lot of conflicts with, you know, families and stuff like that in the movie bullies and stuff like that that i don't I don't remember the original one super well so i can't remember if that was as prevalent in in the first movie obviously i didn't read the books because i don't know how to read john <laughs> but uh yeah the adults are definitely like not pleasant yeah and i like that because it added kind of like a, a whole atmosphere that i think is going to make this enjoyable for some people um i wasn't scared once I didn't feel tension. You get whenever we've talked about a horror movie, that's always the thing I talk about the most. Is I didn't do I feel tense? You know, did I have that? I felt absolutely zero tension during this movie. It was a little too predictable for me. Um, I saw a lot of the twists that I don't know if we're going to talk about or not coming. And uh, like I said, yeah, I'm just were there twists. Well, not necessarily twists, but like you know, like the surprise ending stuff. I guess they weren't super big twists, but. Just things that I think were meant to be like, oh, I bet you don't see this coming. That I was just like, yeah, that's of course that's going to happen. So I don't know. Uh, I do think that, you know, it's I don't think it's a terrible movie and that no one should go see it or anything like that. I think, you know, people can definitely get something from this, especially if you're a horror fan. It just it just wasn't for me. I think this is just a personal thing. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, let, let's stick hmm. with that thread. The, the tension and the horror. Do you agree with that, Will? I don't know, because I mean... The thing that stood out to me is that I found it creepy more than anything else. Like, I don't know if I was ever really frightened. Like, I don't know if I was ever, like, scared out of my wits by the movie. But, like, I was perpetually creeped out by what was going on. And I do think that, like, maybe they rely too much on, like, CG. 
for its own good, but like I liked that the movie wasn't really built on like jump scares or like stuff like that, which kind of took me out of like a movie like Annabelle Creation. This movie it kind of baits the creepiness off the characters themselves and like what is going on, like the sense of threat that is going on for these kids, and that's very reminiscent of the book. And so I think that's what I liked about the general creepiness of the film. So I, I guess I just to say like yeah there, when it comes to pennywise there are a lot of cg moments and it's very obvious that it's cg there's even some like 3d stuff which i thought was like what but uh there were also like some very like scary practical effects uh used in certain scenes uh there's a bathroom scene in particular that is like very reminiscent of carrie and uh you know they're definitely like you were mentioning it before there's like a texture to it uh, and so it, it goes back and forth uh, for me, this movie, I feel like I could poke a lot of holes in it. I, it it's, it's a, it's got problems. It, it, it's, sure. it's a very long movie with a lot of, uh, diminishing returns when it comes to, okay, we're going to have like three scenes in a row of something scary happening. Uh, characters come together, characters go apart. I mean, the storytelling is okay. The plotting is very all over the place. Uh, the, it's, it's not so much the editing. It, it's really just because like the scenes are, I think the scenes are balanced kind of well. Like you do get a persistent like threat that you feel is happening. And that explains a lot of what the characters do and say. Um, and I, I think you're definitely right about that. Will. uh, but I also, they, I also just found like they were, they were trying to do too much with too little, uh, or they were trying to do too little with too many characters in a way, because, uh, it, it made me think about how much I really like Stranger Things, which is a show that obviously is like the love child of people, you know, who they, the, the Duffer brothers, they grew up on Stephen King and Spielberg. Stranger Things is obviously, I mean, watching this, I was reminded of how much material they got. But while Stranger Things is a show that like kind of takes these ideas that Stephen King had and sort of like does new stuff with them and it kind of involves them in a way. I think I just felt like this felt like a step backward because I, I you know, in, in part, I do really enjoy how you do get that like small town camaraderie stuff. I, I do think those moments work where the kids, the, the reason, the only reason the movie really works for me and that I can overlook kind of the poor filmmaking, uh, even though it is balanced sometimes with some good stuff is, is the fact that I was rooting for the kids, the losers, the whole way I was on their side. I wanted them to prevail. I was scared for them, not necessarily like of the movie, and I wanted to see what was going to happen next. So I almost was wanting more scenes of them interacting with each other. And uh, there's a very early scene that's just for no reason. They decide to go have some fun and jump into a lake. And like those, those were the best moments for me and how they got undercut by the horror. That's what makes the movie work at its best. But then there were times when we would go like 20 minutes without these characters talking to each other, <laughs> undergoing like a bunch of really traumatic stuff and not really talking to each other about it. Sure. Uh, so that really, that really kind of wore me out, uh, at, uh, by the time we got to, uh, the, the, you know, the ending. So that's kind of where I'm at with it. Uh, do you, do you have any thoughts on that? Will? yeah, I do. Um, well, what you're talking about though, I mean, I get where you're coming from and I think based having read a good chunk of the book, they spend a lot of time in the book apart from each other, which I think is where some of those things you're talking about are coming from. So in the movie, they make a concentrated effort to kind of squish them more together and like have things that would have happened only like two or three characters happen to like all of them at the same time. So they can have more of that bond. And I mean, I can kind of see where you're coming from. I'm looking at it more as like an adaptation, I guess, than as the film itself. 
I'm trying to do the balance of the two, though. It's and, weird, uh, yeah, because I'm looking yeah. at it as a remake of a series, so yeah. Yeah, but I mean, I don't know, I, I haven't seen Stranger Things, so like the general vibe I got was kind of more along the lines of like Goonies or, you know, obviously Stand By Me or maybe like Monster Squad, like movies that are obviously from the 80s that were have, you know, kids at the center of them. Uh, but I could definitely see the Stranger Things influence, and I'm sure you're not going to be the only one there who kind of puts the two and two together, especially since Stranger Things came out like what just last year, right? And I mean, and also, yeah. and it's also it's worth noting that even though the book takes place between the 50s and the 80s, this movie takes place in the 80s, and it'll probably have the second edition happen in like 2016, if the math is correct, right? So, uh, yeah, yeah, 27 yeah. years. Yeah, 27 years. So, uh, I mean, so it's apparent that they are kind of really forcing the 80s stuff in. I found like some of that stuff a little, I don't know, like, like the whole new kid on the block thing was kind of weird to me. And it never really felt like it had a clear payoff. Uh, but like, that was like more of a nitpick for me. That character in general was, yeah, did. That was one of my biggest issues as far as the, the performances from the, from the kid group was, was that, uh, character and young actor. Ben? Yes. See, I, I uh, liked that character. Yeah, I like. I mean, I like Ben's one of my favorite characters in the I, book. I really enjoy him because he. I thought he had, he was very. He had a nuanced performance. Like he had a very. He was a character who kind of was in the background, but also kind of like the stealth leader. I would say that, like, yeah, I don't think his arc has a real payoff, but maybe it's going to be in the next one. Yeah, I, I mean, I should clarify. I, I don't. I don't hate the the character itself. I I was more you so hate talking. The actor. Yeah, I just hate that kid, like as a person. <laughs> no, but Never I just I just thought that that performance was less than stunning. You get it. You hate fat kids. That's that what you're trying to tell us. <laughs> because I used to be one, Will. <laughs> so I'm yeah. still one. I'm still a fat kid, by the way. <laughs> In terms of performances, uh, did, did you agree with uh, Maverick's assessment of the performance as well? Uh, yeah, I mean, I no one like stood out to me as really being that bad, but like the only performance that really stood out to me as being really good was probably uh, Bill Sarsgaard. I mean, I think I mean, to me, like, I just kind of see all the kids as different, like, you know, pieces into this cube. But, um, I mean, I thought, you know, I wasn't really sure what to think of him at first, but the little kid that played Bill or Stuttering Bill, um, I thought he had... Yeah, I mean, I've seen him in other stuff, and I feel bad for not remembering his name. But, I mean, he obviously has, like, some of the biggest emotional moments of the film. And, I mean... when you have a film that is based, you know, solely around kids for a majority of your film for over two hours, that is really a gamble, you know, because, I mean, you got to just carry, you know, have like, six kids carry your film. And I thought he kind of really had a maturity to him that stood out to me, especially like towards the end when he has like a very um, kind of like heart to heart moment uh, with a character I can't really talk about, but um I mean, that to me, like, that was, like, probably a, the one other performance that really stood out to me was the kid that played Bill. Hmm. Yeah, uh, I, I'm right there with you. Uh, I, I thought all the kids were charming and fun, and I, I didn't have any complaints. Um, I The only one that I thought just didn't get enough to do was the the character, who, the actor who played uh, Mike. Yeah. Um, Chosen Jacobs. I I don't know. I just felt like there, there was a lot missing, and it, it gets into... My overall complaint with it as a as the miniseries and as this thing, this movie, there just isn't a lot of like really good writing here. I think there's great character stuff, but like in terms of 
fighting this monster, finding out where this monster came from, finding a way to, you know, prevail in the end and survive, like all of that stuff. It just isn't very, it's just not a, in my opinion, it's just not a very great story. Mm -hmm. It's just not something that like, I get the meaning of besides like these very arbitrary, like friendship, you know, band together, united as one. I just think it's a very simplistic thing. And I, I don't know. I, I, there are great things that I, I, I think that, you, you get to the point where you have this third act where, you know, everything's hitting the fan and what are the characters going to do? And there, there's nothing really, there's nothing really thematically dense about it. And maybe, you know, it's a genre film and we don't always have to expect stuff like that. Uh, and I guess, I guess I, I have a problem with just how, how I, it, the movie doesn't really come together in a way that is surprising or is, uh, I think we've said it before, but like, um, I, I think in general, a payoff. Uh, I think that, you know, it, the, this, this is, uh, uh, I don't want to spoil certain things in terms of like what this means, but it's already been confirmed that there's going to be a sequel. Right. And yeah, I mean, that's not a spoiler. You can say that. Yeah. So like, and, and I don't know, I it just, something really rubs me the wrong way about that because I, I just don't see the continuation I don't know. I, I don't see why we have to keep going with it. Like, what, what is it that? <laughs> well, why why are you doing this to us? No, I'm just kidding. I mean, I don't really want to spoil like what comes next, but I do think there is. I, I definitely think it was a clever and smart idea to kind of break it up into two films as opposed to one. And I think the way they handled it is probably better than like with the Dark Tower, for instance, where it's sure. like they're trying to announce like a like three films in like a TV series or something. And this one, they, they kind of played coy with the idea of that they're making a second movie. And then you get to like now where it's like, Oh yeah, we're definitely making a second movie. So, I mean, I would say, you know, like, I mean, I don't disagree with the stuff you're talking about, but I think at the same time, I want to say that one, I, it is such an influential book for a lot of people, you know, that are now in like their thirties or and making stuff on their own. So, I mean, it's kind of a John Carter situation where it's like, I don't know if you can really blame the material being like predictable and stuff. Cause I mean, like you obviously wouldn't have like stranger things without it, but at the same time, I mean, like if you're talking about a film that's coming out in 2017, that's a valid criticism. Uh, but I mean, I don't know, I guess, yeah, I guess I just kind of dis- agree and disagree with that point. Yeah. I, I think that I'm trying to think of remakes that have been able to like i'm thinking of how like rise of the planet of the apes like that trilogy it's not necessarily a remake right uh but it is trying to do something different it is trying to like add more meaning to like a prototype and uh i i I would just say like i don't think that that's going to make or break the movie for everybody it's just something that i felt like i wish there was there to elevate this stuff i don't think it makes it a bad movie yeah, I guess I just don't really see it as a remake, though. I just see it as a different adaptation. Sure, sure. But, yeah. I mean, yeah, I guess that's just where we uh, venture off. Yeah, I, it's one of those things. I, I Like I said at the beginning, like I enjoyed it. I, I overlooked a lot of these problems. Um, I, I think that it's kind of easy to because there are a lot of like really interesting things I like about the movie. So let's, uh, let's go right into our final grades, and then we could do a couple minutes of spoilers. And so uh, final grades, Maverick Hines. Um, my final grade, man, I don't want to be a hater, but I, I'm feeling a C plus coming from this one for me. Um, and 
and that really comes from, like I said before, the length and the fact that it was a horror movie, and I didn't feel the tension or really scared even once. And I think that really took me out of what I was hoping for from this film. So that's a C plus for me. Well, fortunately for you, I've been learning lately. It's okay for people to have different opinions. All right, uh, Will Ashen, um, <laughs> your turn. Yeah. Uh, so I don't know. I mean, I mean, I guess I just don't really see where you're bored by the film because I was entertained yeah, I throughout. I, I was in it. Like I said, I prefaced it and I said that I might just be like it might have just been a personal thing with the movie. Like I said, I don't think everyone's gonna have that experience. What did Andy Machete do to you? Made this movie. Wow. But yeah, I mean, I guess I just wasn't bored by it because I did care about the characters and I was invested in their, you know, little story and stuff. And even though the story is rather traditional and how it's, well, not traditional, but it is kind of, you know, familiar in some senses, it is also, you know, genuinely entertaining. And I see it as both a solid adaptation and a fun popcorn film. And so, I mean, I'm not in love with it. Like I said, I think, I don't know. I mean, the dialogue in the movie is definitely better than it is in the book because just Stephen King can not for the life of him write good dialogue even if he was you know uh you know I, I just I, he just does not know how to write people talking together in a believable way so I think the fact that these characters were talking in a way that did feel you know kind of sincere and genuine stood out to me but there is some stuff that didn't really work uh like for instance this whole subplot with Beverly's uh dad or stepfather which is very much yeah. which is very much like subtext in the book at least as far as i read is very much made like overt in a way that i don't think is good and also beverly's arc in general just in the miss movie felt kind of problematic like she goes from like the main love interest for like all the guys at ogle and then she is you know like has this abusive father angle and then she also is like the damsel in distress later in the film so she's also the town harlot yeah so i mean yeah if there's one thing i'm hopeful for with the sequel is that like i don't know i mean there are things official yet as far as who they're casting but a lot of people seem to believe that jessica chastain is going to be her and the adult version amy adams come on i mean she's a dead ringer for her but jessica chastain already worked with the director on mama so and she also, you know, is, I don't know. I, I oh, yeah, you're both. right. I forgot directors can't work with multiple actresses, so. Yeah. <laughs> Dang. Well, I don't know. I mean, I guess I could see both of them playing it well. I just don't know. I, I mean, who knows who they actually cast. But, I mean, I just hope that whatever they do with the adult version is better for her. But, I mean, all those criticisms aside... I do think it's a film worth watching. And if you just want something that's, you know, like a fun little creeper film that is, you know, pretty loyal to Stephen King's books, far more so than The Dark Tower earlier oh, yeah. this year, then I'd give it like a good solid B. Oh, okay. Yeah, I, I'm actually right there with you. I think this is a B movie. I mean, I think that this is right in the center. It's actually exactly what I kind of predicted. I kind of was going into it like expecting a B movie. I got a B movie. I liked it. I thought that, uh, yeah, definitely some problems, but most of them, uh, I think you really covered it. And uh, yeah, I, I think I do want to give it another shot, rewatch it, you know, just to see if I missed anything, you know, stylistically, just to find some more substance in uh, the movie aside from like the, just what was really like on the screen and kind of obvious. But uh, yeah, otherwise I'm glad I checked this one out. Um, I think, yeah. What? I was going to say, I think 
if you can, I think you should try to read the book between the two installments and then kind of revisit this film. I never, I will never read a Stephen King novel again. Oh man. (laughs) That's unfortunate. (laughs) Uh, Uh, One thing I will say about the film though, is that I really kind of wish that Carrie Fuqua's vision got realized. Yeah. Yeah. They were, didn't he was originally going to make this one in like seven years ago, eight years ago probably even less i think right after true detective season one came out i think this was his next project or maybe even after i think he's been attached to it for a long time and Mm -hmm. uh yeah yeah it it would have been an amazing vision he had a writer uh attached to it as well and i just yeah it didn't pan out yeah and he would have had will porter who we just saw in detroit play pennywise who Mm. I don't know. I mean, I could honestly kind of see it after Detroit. Well, because I remember after hearing that and then seeing the trailer for the first time, I was like, yeah, yeah, I see it. But Bill Sarge did a great job. But yeah, no, I mean, I can't really complain because it's like one of those rare times where like, even though the project is in a state of flux and we got like the second choice director, it still kind of works out, at least for me. I mean, I can't speak for Maverick, obviously, but we should also say that Carrie Fuqua was credited as the screenwriter in the film. All right. Well, uh, Matt Donato also reviewed the film. We got this covered to very own. And uh, he, he liked it a lot more than us. He gave it uh, four and a half stars out of five. That's an A minus. Well, you are wrong. That is a fantastic. He said, Andy Machete's It is a wholesome ad- ad- I said adaptation. A wholesome adaption that never sacrifices story for cheap scares, which makes for a brilliantly chilling tale rooted in heart and fluent in screams. You can read his whole review. Uh, just check it out in our cinema homework. And uh, yeah, I, I, part of his review, he says that some, uh, I'll just read it. He says, uh, some will argue it is not scary enough, which based on traditional definitions, I wouldn't fully argue, but it, it doesn't deserve such a generic boo first fate. So I, I, it's an interesting review and an interesting take that differs a bit from ours, but uh, let's get it. Let's just say a couple, cover a couple things in spoilers that uh, we don't want to say uh, in case you haven't checked out the movie so uh that'll do it for this portion of the episode thanks for listening uh spoilers for it start now all right so chapter one this is chapter one what does that mean will ashen maverick Hines? um well i mean this is the end of the kid portion and then chapter two is going to be 27 years later in either 2016 or 2017 but they don't say what? part one, part two, right? So, like, if it's chapters, do you see this as turning into, like, six movies, ten? You know what I'm saying? Like, uh, them really stretching this out. That thought crossed my mind, but I I don't know. I mean, it sounds like from what I've read from the producers and stuff that they're going for two chapters here. But who knows? I mean, who reads we a two also chapter were supposed book? to get two chapters with The Hobbit, and that turned into three, so... Well, yeah, but then The Hobbit, I mean, that's two parts as well. I, I guess, I mean. yeah, I, I don't know. I just thought the the usage of the word chapter was interesting. And I'll, I'll just say, like, I'm not that interested in them fighting this thing as adults just because them fighting it was just like going all office space on the thing. Like, I don't know. It just wasn't that interesting. It how wasn't great, very How great would that moment have been if they played the song <laughs> while they were beating up I, I mean, I know they, they try to go for something where, like, you would shapeshift into their fears and try to stop them, but, ah, uh, they attack them anyway. And I don't know. Would, would, Maverick, I feel like you are more in agreement with that. Yeah, I just, uh, that to me, because that's what the movie was leading up to that, right? It was him, Pennywise, it preying on them by their fears. And it makes sense that it would try it again in the final ditch. But I don't know. I just, maybe the way it was done or that whole kind of, 
sequence when we finally get into his lair, his little dungeon, was just not, um, it just wasn't very compelling to me in the way that it all went down, especially in that fight. It was just like, okay, I guess, you know, I, I just wasn't grabbed by it. Fair enough. Um, yeah. Yeah. Go ahead, Will. No, I was going to say, I mean, I didn't really have any issues with the fight scene, but at the same time, I just took into account that it was like a bunch of like, how old are they? Like eight years old? 13. Oh, yeah. 13? Yeah. I don't know. I mean, I will <laughs> say that like, I, I highly doubt that the way they fight a monster at 13 is going to be the same way they fight a monster at like somewhere between 35 and 40. I guess, I mean, I, I guess it's more of like, yeah. So like when they're older, should, is it supposed to be arbitrarily harder? I don't know. I, I, well, I, just, I, I mean, I mean, this is obviously getting to stuff I haven't read yet, but mm-hmm. I mean, like, I'm I'm kind of curious as to how they are able to see the monster at as adults, because like, as far as we can tell in the film right now, only kids can see it, like Pennywise and stuff. That's why the dad of or Beverly's dad couldn't see the blood in the bathroom and stuff. So right. I don't know if it's just because they're haunted once they can see it forever now or something. I mean, that's the stuff that can, it interests me for a second. It's part. because it's, of the blood oath. It's a, uh, oh yeah. It's, it's part of a, a broad problem I have with this where the rules and the, like how everything works isn't, uh, I don't know. It just, it, it's explained to a point, but I don't think a lot of it really makes sense. Or yep, is that's very Stephen King for you. <laughs> so, <laughs> It is, isn't it? Um, I, and I guess to what I was saying before, in terms of like more movies coming out of this, I, I do get the feeling that even if, even though this isn't, I don't think this is the same studio as Dark Tower. Uh, this idea no, of like doing the Stephen Kingdom, it is. No, no, no. I say no. It's Warner Brothers, so it's not right. in the same universe as the Dark Tower. Right, right. But like, I just sort of see, you know, this like I this this kind of effort to create like cinematic universes out of Stephen King movies. And I wonder if they're kind of putting down pieces to, to set something like that up. Maybe they're not, maybe they're just trying to create like a very simple franchise uh, out of this. Who knows? I mean, if we're talking about just in the books, I don't know. I was looking this up earlier today, actually. And I guess there is a book that connects the dark tower to um, it. And I guess it's called insomnia. Cause I guess the Mike character, the librarian that we were talking about earlier, he is like the connection between the two. So I guess theoretically they could do that. Right. But I don't and think they I, are. I mean, it is connected to a lot of Stephen King books. I mean, they're all connected to each other. So well, yeah, any, you know, any book that takes place in Drury is connected to it. So yeah. John, you should write a book called the Stephen King theory about how all the Stephen King books are all in the same universe. Ugh, I would I'd probably, be, f- I'd be more likely to write that book than. <laughs> yeah, I would, I would fall asleep trying to write that. Yeah. <laughs> All right, time to close out the show. Thank you again for uh, hanging out with us, Cinemaholics, in uh, kind of a shortened episode, but uh, I feel like we got a lot accomplished. Um, if you like this podcast and you want to hear more of it, just don't forget to leave us a quick review on iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, and Google Play. Uh, don't forget to go check out our Cinema Homework for all the links to what we discussed today. Uh, go to the Facebook page. Go to the Facebook page. Uh, it's come hang out with us and uh, get episode updates and chat with us and send us messages and just give us all those uh, likes and smiles. And uh, we have a Twitter as well, but uh, our Facebook page is where it's at. Do it. Do whatever you want. Just make your choices. <laughs> make amazing choices, and uh, we'll see you guys again next week for a full-on episode of Cinemaholics. Uh, thanks again for listening from the Internet, California. I'm John Agroni. From the internet, Pennsylvania, I'm Will Ashton. From the sewers underneath the town of which this bad movie was placed in, I'm Maverick Hines. We'll see you next time. <laughs>